Before we get to today's show, I'm coming in hot, hot, hot with some more podcast goodness for you. If you're into sports betting, then subscribe to the Sharp 600 from Covers.com. I've taken over as the host of the twice a week podcast where I'm going to jam about sports betting in 10 minute episodes. I do this in a fun and engaging and community driven way and would love to have you join us. You can find the Sharp 600 on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or head to covers.com. I'm also hosting a new podcast called The Game Day Playbook, presented by FanFood. It's a podcast that discusses how leaders are transforming the sports and live entertainment industry by leveraging technology to enhance the fan experience and operate game day more efficiently. This week, we had on Pat O'Connor, CEO of Minor League Baseball, to talk about how Minor League Baseball's fan engagement mindset is straight crushing. You can subscribe to the Game Day Playbook anywhere you listen to podcasts. And lastly, I thrive on the feedback and support I get from you, the listeners of the Sports Marketing Huddle. If you haven't connected with me on social media, what are you waiting for? You can find me at Rob Cressy on all social media platforms. To give you a peek behind the curtain, on Twitter I jam about sports, betting, fantasy sports, with doses of personal development mixed in. On Instagram, I'm very active on IG stories, where I give a glimpse behind the scenes of what it's like to build bacon sports, plus sprinkling wisdom that I've learned from my journey. And on LinkedIn, I'm more focused on tips for business, entrepreneurship, and content creation. And if you connect on LinkedIn, make sure to note that you are a sports marketing huddle listener. Now time for the show. Welcome to the sports marketing huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is David Woodley, partner at Regents Field and digital media veteran. He works with Watch Mojo, and he previously worked with Gawker, The Onion, and Big Lead Sports. David, super excited to have you on the show. Yeah, Rob, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. It's good to uh, take one of our conversations public. Very, very exciting stuff. Yes. And what I want to do is actually start by framing how you and I met. And I did a post on LinkedIn talking about my vision for Bacon Sports, which includes the Bacon Sports Man Cave studio that I'm going to build. Mm -hmm. Imagine a creative and collaboration space that has a sports theme uh, that also has full media creation capabilities. Included in that's a podcast studio, video studio with green screen, TVs everywhere with sports, a ball pit penalty box conference room and so much more and you commented that you liked the idea and you were working on a similar concept with a sports bar we jumped on a call we jammed we vibed then we started working together and here we are now yeah yeah i mean it, it feels uh it doesn't feel like too long ago but i feel like that's probably like what nine ten months ago or so yeah very much yeah i think it was about nine or ten months ago yeah for sure and what I wanted to talk about on this episode with you is your mindset around the concept that you're building. So uh, we'll, dig, we'll dig a little bit more into it specifically, but it, it's a sports bar, but you're also going to have a podcast studio in there. And it's something that I have not seen anywhere else, despite the fact that I don't understand why there aren't more people or business people who are forward thinking and understand the power of 
community and content creation and, and certainly in the sports bar industry where everything is so slow and so backwards and so not regular business oriented. And I know this from having talked yeah. to so many sports bars where I'm like, you could have the best social media, you could have the best content, you could have such good marketing, but they are restaurants first, sports second or third or sort of tertiary stuff. And I've never understood it. And we're also going to delve a little bit more into fandom in general. So let's start with this. Why did you guys create the concept that you wanted to? Yeah, I mean, so I think, you know, we, we saw a bit of a market opportunity there. So, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that about, uh, you know, sports, sports bars, and I think bars and restaurants as a whole can be a bit be behind the, the curve in terms of, uh, you know, forward, forward thinking is a good way to put it. Like my, my actually, one of my first jobs in media was selling uh, print ads for the onion, which was going around to a lot of bars and restaurants and things like that. And you figured out pretty quick. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's just not a ton of forward thinking. And, and, but, but there were some bars and, and spots that were forward thinking and had good ideas or doing new things. And that's actually how I came across uh, one, of, one of my partners in the project. Uh, his name is Pete uh, Levin, uh, who um, founded a uh, very successful sports bar here in New York City called Professor Tom's. Uh, he was actually my first client at The Onions. I've known him for 10, 11 years. And, you know, he really tried to go beyond just, you know, bring people in to watch NFL, bring people in to watch baseball. Because again, it, you can be a bar and you'll pack it out for the NFL. You'll pack it out for college football, all this. And, uh, you know, he was doing some unique things like having lost, um, you know, lost when lost was on TV, doing like watch parties there, you know, bringing around a whole community of people where he was like selling this place out. Like he was doing like $50, like two hour open bars before uh, the broadcast. And then once the broadcast came on, there was like different shot specials and drink specials. And again, like doing what sports bars do well, which is bringing communities of like minded individuals, but, you know, doing it beyond sports, doing it for, um, you know, TV, film things of that nature. So, you know, me and Pete stayed in touch, uh, you know, over the years um, and, you know, really where this first sort of came to, uh, you know, sort of pop in our head is we actually had this idea for uh, going to Vegas and sort of reinventing sort of like the, the sports book model. Cause again, it's like anything else, like you go somewhere you see a problem you're like, I think I could do this better. So we were, we, we spent about a year and a half in Vegas actually pitching sort of like, uh, you know, a sports book, sports bar concept, uh, more focused on fantasy, a lot of tech, uh, you know, a way to bring fans back into the sports book, especially the younger generations, everything. Um, you know, we came close to pulling it off, but, but at the end of the day, um, navigating Vegas, uh, you know, was, was difficult. We never got the founding or, or the funding all, all put together and all that good stuff. So we sort of shelved it for a couple of years and uh, sort of came back to this idea where um, Pete had been looking, Pete is a, uh, alumni uh, from University of Michigan had been looking for, uh, you know, some places in Ann Arbor for like 10 years, a uh, perfect place came available. So he circled back around to me to see if we wanted to sort of revamp the, the project, not focus so much on sports book and gambling and fantasy and all that, but really focus on sort of a, you know, a, a 20, it sounds cliche, but like a true sports bar for like true sports fans, but then go beyond uh, just the sports and all that as well. And, and the first thing we came up with was, um, you know, to make it unique is, is podcasting because again, podcasting um, is, is this great sort of, um, I, I don't want to call it in, invention, but it is, it's, it's this great thing that, that connects, you know, a lot of people and, and uh, you know, connects communities. Uh, you know, it's relatively easy to set up as, as we found. Uh, and, you know, it, it also drafts off something 
that has been big in sports for a long time. Like sports talk radio has driven sports for a very, very long time. So we're like, you know, why, why don't we do something that sort of gives back to the community? Why don't we do something where some of the top podcasters can not only come into our bar, there's a professional setup, they can bring their fans in there, they can have a few beers with them, get to meet them, you know, sell some t-shirts, all that, but then really create an experience where, you know, if I, if I was in there as a patron and I see a couple of guys podcasting, or just see this, it's like, well, hell, like I've always wanted, you know, I could do a podcast. Like, like every, like every sports fan thinks I could do a podcast. I have friends, I have opinions about sports. So we really wanted to create it uh, where, where it gives back to the sports community and anybody can come in there, sign up for free. Um, you've been gracious enough to give us a um, sort of like a um, intro to podcasting, almost like a podcasting for dummies, but <laughs> actually better. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so we, we want to, you know, build on that community fandoms, let people start their own podcasts, create their own followings, but then also bring in, you know, the, the people that already have the podcast, all that. And again, it's, it's one more way to get people into the sports bar other than NFL Sunday and, and Michigan Saturdays and things like that. So looking at this spatially, um, there will be a podcast studio in the sports bar. And one of the things that I really like about this, one, the visibility of it, but two, your ability to, in theory, build out a podcast network. Because one of the things that sports bars have that I've always thought is an underutilized asset is distribution. Because mm -hmm. when you start a podcast, it's how do I get anybody to know that this exists? So you say, well, wait a second. Our target demographic for sports podcasts are always going to be in what we're doing. Then if you take the next level and you say, well, we're very community driven. So it's not an exclusive thing where only ESPN 1000 can come in here and everyone's like, oh my God, that's so cool. It's like, if you and your friends want to do this, you can. And I know that there will be people out there, if you're a diehard sports fan, that will be interested in this because way back in the day when I was just a little lowercase g, I actually uh, learned how to run a public access TV show. So yeah. this is pre-social media. And this is when I was working a job at Fifth Third Bank selling home equity loans. Uh, making $10 an hour at a call center. I absolutely hated it. It was the yep. worst, absolute worst. And I was like, all right, my dream is always to work in sports, always to work in sports. So the live streaming wasn't a thing. Video wasn't a thing on internet. So it's like, it's either sports center or nothing or a talk radio thing. So I'm like, all right. We went down to the public access TV show or station and they said, all right, well, you have to come down here for, I don't know, an eight-week class once an hour for eight weeks. We're going to teach you how to run the cameras, the boards, and do all that. And then you have your own show. And then guess what? Just because someone gave me the ability to do so, it opened up a whole new world to my mind because it shatters your limitations. And if, if you're sitting there in the bar and it may not be the first time that you see the podcast studio. Mm -hmm. It may be the 11th time during week 14 of the season. And you may even have had a few beverages and you're like, I've always <laughs> wanted to do this. And yeah, a little liquid courage. Yeah, it goes a long ways for this. Yeah. Right. But that's what I love about this because it's very serving of the community, but that ultimately serves your brand as well. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, it does, it does a lot of things. It does a lot of things for us. And it, it, it sort of goes back to this. Yeah, it almost becomes this sort of secondary business. And, and, you know, one of the things we we're trying to figure out when we we're putting the Vegas project together, we never, 
could figure out it was like a ton of tech and then a ton of restaurant. And when we were raising money, you had people that like knew restaurants and all that, but they didn't know tech. And then you had people that knew tech and invested in tech, but they wouldn't touch restaurants. So we're like, okay, how do we do this in sort of a smaller, sort of smarter way that everyone sort of gets? And, and, and this is that because you can relate, you know, I, I, everyone we put this in front of, it's like, you know, even if they don't have a podcast now, they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah that would actually be a lot of fun. At the very least, even like if they're not trying to build a brand for themselves, it's a reason to go like have a few beers with a couple friends and, you know, blast it out to their hundred, you know, 150 friends on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all that. And, and but that's the beauty of it. It becomes this sort of uh, podcast network and it can be essentially what anyone wants it to be. And it's also not, um, you know, it's funny. I'm sure you read that like New York times article about like, you know, the death of podcasts or whatever. And like their example was like, it was some, I can't remember if it was a group of females or a group of guys, but it doesn't even matter. But they were like, Oh yeah, like we, we made five podcasts and we expected, um, you know, the, the ads to come rolling in and all that. And it's like, well, like anybody that's ever been a part of a media company realizes, uh, you have to spend a little bit of time building an audience and then, and then hopefully money comes in. Whereas this, it's like, we're not set up in a space where, we need advertising dollars to come in right away. Like the podcasting booth is there. Um, you know, it, it's sort of front and center and, um, you know, everyone that does it isn't going to become an overnight sensation. There's going to be a large chunk of people that do it once, have a good time and just can't commit to it moving forward. But we hope that, you know, every once in a while, like we find someone and we can build up four to five good podcasts every few months. And then, you know, from there, um, yeah, you know, they could go work for Barstool. They could go work for Blue Wire or, you know, they could stick around with us and, uh, continue to uh you know do what they do and and you know it, it's been it's been fun too because you know we, we've talked to like a lot of the you know big sports publishers out there too and be like hey would you guys like to come by and do stuff either regularly or occasionally so we have like the local um sports radio stations coming by one, one of our partners actually one of the uh, sports radio guys in, in ann arbor um but you know we have like the athletic that wants to do stuff regularly there like barstool sports wants to do stuff when they have their national people there now they're looking at doing like some local stuff potentially uh, you know, SB Nation, and, and, and the list goes on and on and on, where they're like, this is, it, it's nice to have re, sort of a fermentation that it was a good idea, because they're like, yeah, this is great, like, because when we go to bars to podcast, otherwise, we're hauling equipment there, the sound isn't very good, we still do it, because it's worthwhile, but like, this, this is, this is sort of this, this smart way, and again, it, it sort of builds on this sort of inclusive sports fan environment. So, there's two things that I really like about this. First, the low barrier to entry. So when you think media studio and everything, and this is sort of the core of the Bacon Sports Man Cave studio, I've never understood how this doesn't exist for me because I've worked out of every co-working space in Chicago, the WeWorks of the world. And you know what none of them have? One, there's none that's a sports theme, which blows my mind. You've got tech, you've got finance, you've got wellness and I'm like Chicago is arguably the best sports city in the nation or one of the top five so it made complete sense there and then on top of that there the media creation capabilities and I'm like how do these co-working spaces which call themselves work for creators mm -hmm. not have anything to create and how do I know this because I'm a creator and when I go there I'm shooting this out of my home studio right now, despite the fact that I have memberships to co-working spaces in Chicago. Yeah. That, sh that shouldn't happen where my day has to be different because of this. And it doesn't take a lot of dollars or effort to put this together. I mean, as you and I saw when we put together of like, hey Rob, let's build out this media studio. What would you like? Like you can put together top notch and 
in Chicago, when I looked, when I started scouting this stuff, the real option was Harpo Studios, where Oprah is, where they're going to be like, hey, this is going to be $500 or $800 an hour to do this. And you're like, wait a second, this is a sports marketing podcast. This doesn't make sense there. Or it's zero. There was like no in-between there, despite the fact that in theory, you could do a podcast with just a cell phone and a microphone. So the market completely is missing the ability to do this easily and efficiently. No, yeah. And I, I mean, in, in, in college, uh, you know, I, I worked at a, I worked at a sports radio station. Well, I worked for free, you know, intern. And it, yeah, I mean, you, you got the boards and you got everything else. You got to hit the bumpers. And it's, it, it, to your point, it, it's not that, that is not an easy setup, right? Like there's, there's a lot that goes into it. You actually have to train people and everything too. And you know what, uh, you know what I found, you know, in, in talking with you and then in going over like what is needed, like it, it, it's really user friendly where, someone can step in there and you know within i think five to ten minutes tops you know they can be put on a podcast now there's always things for them to polish like moving forward you know and we're going to be providing things like some bumper music some intros some like classes on it you know seminars things like that but but again it's it's such a low barrier of entry and um but with that said too it is you know it it, it takes up space so you know for people to try to like create a studio at their home isn't the most easy thing either. Like, especially if they want quality equipment and you know, there is a cost too. It's not, it's not massive for a business, but you know, for, you know, an individual, you know, with a, a wife and kids or whatever, um, you know, spending thousands of dollars in podcasting equipment probably, probably doesn't go over super well in a, you know, a, a lot of households. So like, you know, we want to be this place where people can come in and do this. And the one thing I will mention too is, um, you know, there was some concern from the, you know, Ann Arbor community that, that aren't sports fans because, you know, not everyone is a crazy sports fan like we are. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be open, you know, it's going to be open for other ones too. Like we're, we're already having uh, one guy come in there and do like a history podcast and, and, you know, we're going to be doing some like film and entertainment um, and then things like that too. So while, while the focus is going to be sports and sort of the sports podcasting network, like we do realize that people do have additional interests, even like, yeah, I'm a huge, I'm probably the biggest sports fan I, I know in my circle, but I, you know, I still like other, you know, other things. I have to, you know, I'm, I'm married. I have things in common with my wife that we can watch together, uh, things like that. So you, even your most diehard sports fan would love to talk about, you know, film, TV, music, you know, history. Um, you know, probably won't get into news or politics too much. We'll let everyone else sort of deal with that, that tire fire. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, really, really just come and talk what they, you know, like about and bring the communities together. Um, and uh, yeah, all that. But yeah, we, we like that the, there's no barrier of entrance. And um, we, we think that people are going to, you know, resonate with it really well. And, um, you know, connect, connect with it. And like, what, one of the other things we're, we're sort of doing, I don't know if we discussed this too much, but it, it sort of uh, goes into creating this content. Oh, that's the other thing too. For us then too, we're all of a sudden a brand that creates content and we can provide content via, you know, our website you know, we're going to be streaming this live on Twitch, like Twitch loves it. Twitch is like all over this and, and you know, talking about featuring and things like that. Uh, but, you know, we'll have it on Facebook, Snap, like Instagram, we'll be able to like cut that up and deliver it to people. So all of a sudden, like we're a brand with like, you know, con we're a brand that's creating content from the jump versus like sort of this sort of catch up period where now where you see like traditional brands on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook now try to get into the content game. And, you know, some brands on, on those do very, very well. But, you know, when you build it, from the ground up like this, we, we think there's something there. And that, that sort of leads us into this other thing we're doing that that's going to be a lot of fun that similar to similar to podcasting, but sort of um, more smaller snippets. So um, when we were going through the space, 
um, the, the, the physical bar is in, uh, it was formerly a, a French bistro. And right in the middle of it, they have this really cool like walk-in um, walk wine closet. That's, that's about the size of this little room I'm in uh, right here. So about like three feet deep by three feet wide. You know, there's a door, but, but there's a big window in there where, where half the door is a gigantic window. And, you know, we we're talking about, you know, what we want to do with that space, you know, really not seating in there. Like we had a few different sort of quirky ideas, but then we we're like, well, why don't we turn this into something we're calling the, uh, the, um, the sports confessional. Uh, so the idea is, is you go in there, um, it's going to be rigged up with with a camera. It's going to be super user friendly because again, in sports bars, people can get a little inebriated from time to time. So, um, essentially it's easy as hitting a button and then you get 30 seconds basically to, um, give your, give your sports opinion of, of what, you know, anything you want, like anything goes, uh, but, but ideally give your sports opinion about like the sporting event that's, that's going on at that moment. So like on, on Michigan Wolverine Saturdays, when it's packed in there, people are going to be coming there at halftime, like talking about, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly and all that. And um, we, we think this is a really good opportunity for us to just capture just a ton of like really authentic, great short form content um where yeah like when michigan wins a big game people are going to be in there like hugging you know kissing their loved ones cheering all that but where where we think is the best content it's going to be is like the minute michigan loses a heartbreaker or or if i'm a twins fan in there and they lose to the yankees for the 90th time in the playoffs go in there and just like vent and just like it's gonna be great great content of just people like you know upset mad sort of thing but but funny at the same time as well. Cause like, I think one of the, the fun things about sports fandom is it's like, there's the highs and the lows, but um, it, it, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just, it is just sports. So, you know, you think back of, of your sports fandom and um, as, as a Minnesota fan, there's been a lot more just tragic moments <laughs> than great moments looking back, but th those are fun to look back on with friends and everything. Like it is, it would be funny to get my reaction 30 seconds after Blair Walsh like hooks the, the field goal left to like, you know, the 24 yard field goal like that. That's great content. And you can laugh about that later on. So we do think that the sports confessionals be great in that aspect where people are just going to like lose their mind. And then on Monday they're going to see it and they're going to be like, Oh yeah, that was, that was, that's hilarious. And like, God, I can't believe he missed that kick and share it with their friends. And, you know, again, like bring that community around these like terrible moments in sports, but it's, it's funny and lighthearted and all that as well. So, you know, we're going to be pushing that, be our social channels and everything as well. And like, we're going to be putting up, uh, we're going to create like a hall of fame of like the best, uh, you know, whether we call it hot sports opinions or hot sports takes, um, we're going to have like a whole hall of fame page and you know, the, the, the hottest sports take of the month is going to, you know, win, win some prizing and things like that. So again, it's creating this sort of content that's really fun um, on the lighthearted side of things and just really celebrates sports fandom and community as a whole. And what I love about that is how native it is. So when I look at traditional sports bar advertising, it's like, here's our $3 Bud Light specials, or here's the, we hired a photographer to take a really cool picture of this burger yeah. thing. And it's like, I see it everywhere and there's no differentiation. So in Chicago, we've got a plethora of options of where do we go to watch the game? And Strangely, there's not one place that I would say this is my go-to because none of them are really that much different. Sure, we have a slight different experience from any of them, and it's because the brand voice isn't any different. The mm -hmm. experience, nothing makes it different. But with what you're saying right now, it's, it's different, it's raw, it's authentic, it's shareable, and it's native. So by creating this content, 
you're creating advertising without people realizing that you're creating advertising. You're not having to say $3 Bud Light specials because instead you've got me going bananas because the Steelers just beat the Ravens on a last second field goal. I jump into that sports confessional and say, this is the greatest in the world. I absolutely love this. Boom. Now I'm sharing it. And the interesting thing here is you're creating shareable content. And if we look at the media world that is out there, it's how can you create virality or people would like you to believe that, Oh, we're an agency that can make things go viral. Yeah. Good luck with that. But yeah, instead, yeah. it's the authenticity that makes things typically get shared and go viral. So when you have something like this, which is raw, authentic, and very shareable, and oh, guess what? You guys are probably going to be doing this in real time or with a much sharper lens than a traditional sports bar would. So you're almost coming at this like a publisher would as a sports bar where you say, Blair Walsh just hooked that field goal and boom, let's get this out because right now on Deadspin and Barstool and, and all these other places, they're showing reactions of people. And then all of a sudden that ends up on sports center and ensure that's on the largest visibility standpoint. But at the core of it, that is going to reach new consumers in your demographic and allow you to create more relationships. And it's going to do so in the most just, pure way where you're like, listen, this isn't about us. This is about the community. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and it, it's sort of celebrating, I think, you know, what, like the, the, the good parts of sports. I mean, it, you know, you have the, you have the ups and the downs, but you're, you're, you experience those together. And then you, you mentioned like the ESPN and the Deadspin. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think, you know, the one good thing that's happened as a Minnesota sports fan the last 25 years about was it was the Stefan Dix catch right and like man there's compilation videos that came out they but those came out like two three days later and but man it would be like great to have that compilation video uh like an hour afterwards just continue to relive that moment but it's like when those moments happen you just it just it just it just lives with you this sort of sort of forever and, and I think what it also does too is like you know there is that sort of you know, sports fandom's great, but there is that sort of nastier side of sports fandom that can happen from time to time, you know, like fan bases fighting, uh, you know, things like that. Um, you know, we're going to, you know, Ann Arbor is pretty, pretty calm, calm town or whatever. But like, we, we do want this to be a, a totally inclusive place for sports fans or everything. Like we want the Ohio State fan to be able to come in there. And we think this also can diffuse a lot of that um, as well. It's because it's funny. It's like, you see people losing their mind. It's funny. But like at the end of the day, like, you know, the, you know, if you're a big Michigan, I'm, I'm an Oklahoma fan, so I don't, I don't really, the dirty secrets, I don't really care about Michigan one way or another too much. Um, but, but if you're, you know, a diehard Michigan fan, you're still working with like, you know, you have friends and coworkers and family and, and, and loved ones that are, you know, Notre Dame fans or Ohio State fans and things like that. So it's like, you, you get along with them, you know, at the end of the day anyway. So it creates this fun thing where you sort of have this like fun trash talk with them, but it doesn't evolve into, you know, like <laughs> fisticuffs in the, in the parking lot or like Philadelphia fans throwing bottles at opposing, opposing fans and, and things like that. And we, we do think this is ultimately something that I can scale out a little bit um, and, and everything as well. And we, we do think that th there's an appetite there, not just for our audience or whatever too, but like, I mean, this, this would play so well on a, on a dead spin and SB nation and, you know, ESPN, like you can, you know, you can extend it to like bad beats and gambling. I mean, like, you know, if you look at one of the, you know, me and you, I, I think both view sports center like very fondly. Like I, I still watch it like every day, but it's, 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 it's certain lost some of its mystique, uh, you know, over the past 
15, 20 years. But like the one thing that sort of brought it back and they do really well is like the Scott Van Pelt show. And when you watch that, you know, he's, he's telling these stories of like fandom and stuff. And like the bad beats stuff he does is like, it's, it's must watch TV uh, for everybody. And it's like, man, if you, if you buy bad beats with like people's reaction to bad beats, like that, it's just, it's content that, that everyone's just going to like laugh at. And they're, they're going to be like, oh, I've, I've been there. Like, uh, yeah, it sucks when your team loses or it sucks when someone's like placed a bet on a game and someone kicks a, you know, meaningless field goal or, or pick six at the end and, and all that as well. And then um, one other, one other quick thing too, that, that we found too around this really community and to your point about like, yeah, like I live in New York. There's like a million uh, sports bars here. And we were talking to one of our investors the other day and he was like, yeah, he was like, we're talking about F1. We're both F1 fans, but like, we don't know where to go watch F1 in New York. And we had to like Google it for like 20 minutes. That's where I have a beer. And we found like one bar in all of New York, right. That is showing F formula one. And they're not, I don't think they're showing it even that well. So we're like, you know, we can, we can build We're going to ask, ask our audience. They're, they're going to let us know what they want to watch. We're going to like blast it out to people through social. We're going to do some, you know, like smart paid, um, you know, Facebook and stuff like that too. But you know, we, we want the fans of the, the sports like F1, uh, to, you know, be at our bar experiencing it, not only come in there and watch it, you know, there'll be some real time drink specials around it, you know, like different things that happen in the race are going to trigger different, different, uh, you know, specials, things like that. But then, you know, we're going to have like one monitor uh, dedicated to like the real time scoring of, of all the drivers and things like that. So there's just gonna be like this sort of content, extra content for all the, the sports fans. And to your point, then it's like, this is where F1 fans go. This is where obviously Michigan fans are going to go on Saturday, but this is where you're going to go to watch rugby sevens is where you're going to go to watch um you know major league baseball uh and things like that and then the, we were talking before we got on here we're talking a little bit you know with your work with papa shot and um you know i know i know the the bruce ski ball guys who started the um national ski ball league and i'm there's some of the first people i met in new york when i moved here and was in that league when it was <laughs> just a few people rolling at ace bar down uh, in the east village and it's grown into this like eight city I don't want to say global phenomenon now, but you know, they, they're now set up in, in Germany and stuff with leagues. And um, so Regents is going to be the official home of uh, Brewski ball Ann Arbor. And um, they, they put an announcement today on their page. And I mean, it was just, it was really real. It's just, it's just so good. That, like they, the internet is just full of like sort of snarky comments and stuff. So it's really nice when you see a project that you've been working on and people respond really well to it. So it, the comments we saw on it were, all that you know people that were in the league tagging their friends in michigan being like hey you gotta check this out this 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 uh like and one guy was like oh man i live an hour away but i'm going to be joining that league and coming every week and it just it's like a light bulb just went off it's like man i mean if we get people coming into the coming to our sports bar as a destination from an hour away um you know we're going to get them from a mile away five miles away like 15 miles away and uh and and things like that so again um we're, we're you know there's you know work that you know, has to be done and, you know, customer service and food and, and drink are important. And, and, you know, we have um, top-notch guys on that. You know, there's five partners of us total. I'm the only one that doesn't come from a food and beverage background. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have the good food, we'll have the good drink and, and all that good stuff. But, you know, again, we see podcasting as a reason to bring people in, uh, you know, sports confessional, um, these sort of watch parties for any sport you want to watch. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll connect you with like like-minded people, sort of like mixer events. And, um, and then, and then brewski ball, uh, you know, the, the ski ball league as well, which is, it's fun. It's social. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you talk to them, but like they, their, their messaging is all like super positive and, and everything of that nature as well. It's competitive, but it's still like fun. And, and, you know, they always point to the fact that I think they've had like five or six couples meet through the league and, and get married. And they have like three, you know, there's like three babies that have been born because of the league and, you know, all sorts of probably like, you know, 
dating and one night stands and fun stuff like that. But, but it is, it is sort of this like positive reinforcement of the good parts of sports and, and the good parts of sports community without trending over to the, like sort of the bad parts. Yeah. And, and this all just comes down to one word community. You're building yep. a community, which can be a bunch of different micro communities all together. And I absolutely dig it. So, David, where can everybody connect with you and give us a scoop? When does Regents open? Where can people find you guys? Yeah, so, um, you know, we're, we're going to be all over, you know, we're Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just, uh, you know, Facebook.com slash Regents Field, Twitter slash Regents Field, Instagram, you know, we'll be up with Snap and then Twitch and all that. Uh, obviously, website is RegentsField.com. Uh, um, so R E G E N T S F I E L D dot com. Uh, so I, I know how to spell, fortunately. Uh, and uh, yeah, so so you know the you know the the website it's gonna it's gonna you know first and foremost it'll tell you where we are you know uh, you know what we're gonna be broadcasting all that but but you know there's gonna be signups there to to sign up for times to come in and podcast. Um, you know we're gonna be showing what we're gonna be broadcasting everything too, but there's gonna be forms on there too to like let us know you know, what you want to watch. Um, so if you're in Ann Arbor and, and if you want to catch, you know, uh, the German Premier League or, like, yeah, it's not called Premier League, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, let us know a couple weeks in advance. What we'll do is we'll, we'll set it up. We'll put it on the website. And then, uh, you know, we'll reach out to that, that community within Ann Arbor to make sure that it's not just you and, like, your two friends there. Like, it'd be great to have, like, 20, 20, 30 people there. So, you know, follow us there. And, uh, yeah, any, any other ideas people have uh, for programming or anything like that. Um, it's great. So, and as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. What is one thing you would like to see a sports bar do that they are not currently doing for you? You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy, and I'll share anything awesome that gets sent in. And boom goes the dynamite. As always. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth, and if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.